format of bitch. Just so Jables. Welcome to Just So Jables podcast with Jables. Hello. Our kid, me, and producer Ben. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> we're having some fun tonight because it's our quiet place special. So we're going to be watching the first film first, and then tomorrow we're going to be going to the Majestic to watch a quiet place too. But it will all be seamlessly threaded together in this very special podcast. Sounds perfect. Good. Yeah. So I've obviously seen the film already, and I've been badgering you for years that you should watch it. No. And you've been too scared. No, yes. I've been too scared. I just haven't been that bothered. And when we watched the trailer just now, I remembered why I haven't been that bothered. I would honestly say that the trailer is not that good. And okay. I don't think it's a good representation of the film. Which obviously we'll get back onto later, because this will be a straight straight into a review of this film with spoilers and a bit of prompting and uh, speculation for what happens in the next film, I presume. Because it'll all be very fresh. Ben, how do you feel about the trailer? I don't think the trailer really told me very much. I'm not very excited by it, based on the trailer, but I'm a bit confused because I feel like I might have already watched it, but I don't think I can have watched it, so maybe I just dreamt it. Maybe. Looking forward to it. I like the format, as in back holiday weekend, so drinkies. Two two films, nights in a row. So, you haven't got many expectations. What do you know about the film? As I said last week, I thought it was just in silence. (laughs) Yeah. So I've clearly got a... Very poor knowledge of what happens in the film. It is definitely not in silence. You can tell by the by the trailer. It's about not making noise. That's why it's called A Quiet Place. So why did they give the little boy a toy that makes a noise? You just you watch the trailer. I'm not saying anything because okay. you're about to watch the film. All right then. That's so fine. yeah. You know it your could... poor decision making issue yeah. that yeah. you've got. That was that was my take yeah. there. It'll all become clear okay. when you watch the film, fine. and that's what's quite interesting. Like I know it's a, a bit of a bit of an odd one. But you compare this trailer to the one we watched for the film last week, which was, what was the film called? Which I Those Who Wish Me Dead. Those Who Wish Me Dead. That basically told you everything that was happening in the film and it didn't give you any suspense, suspense of what was coming up. It was just kind of like a generic trailer. Whereas at least this one's made you ask a question. And I, and yeah. I know from seeing it that it's that completely that different. It's completely okay. different to what you think. The film itself... I do like the fil- film. I think Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, obviously married in real life. Uh, but it's directed by John Krasinski as well. So I'm very sceptical of the, the concept of people directing a film and also starring in it. How does so that So you work? look at Eastwood and he's always directing himself. Or do you just think some people... Burn! Is it very special example? Yeah, he's just a better person. He's saying this was a better person. Yeah, well, you know, maybe you should hit him up on Twitter. Or do you just think that they they've pulled in too many directions? I think they've pulled in too many different directions. How can you be in a scene that you're directing as one of the actors? Yeah, but you've seen how many people are actually in the cast of a film production. I think generally you 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 you've got so many assistants and stuff that. The director is the director, but they, he's not the sole voice on set of what happens. You know, a lot of, you know, the framing's done by the cinematographer, isn't it? Everything's done, you know, at the direction of the director, or, but it's all part of a team. You know, cinematographers, they don't work on their own, but they're very much responsible for the framing of, of, of the film itself. You know? But I guess, I suppose, if you're a bit of a narcissist, it could potentially just become that you get all the best scenes and 
Oh, I think so. It's got to be well judged. I, I don't know, but that's probably why someone like Stanley Kubrick wouldn't, you know, have starred in many of his own films because someone of that mindset might not be the person who could direct themselves, but someone who's more of a, you know, open-minded, open to other people's input. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah. it. And that's yeah. why I can't stand it because I'm probably more of the control freak. Yeah, but you're a Kubrick. You're a Kubrick. <laughs> yeah. I'm a kind of genius. Yeah, I think we get that in the production of the yeah. podcast, really. Yeah. Visionary. I love it when people <laughs> call themselves a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to... this. I know there's a film which has got a lot of nice touches that aren't in your face, but when you know the plot and know the story, you can actually look at the, the surroundings, what's going on. Like I said, I'll, I'll touch on it later on, but there's some really nice little things okay. um, that, that, that we'll come back to afterwards. So we're going to be in three parts today then because we're going to, we've got this segment where we're previewing the first film mm -hmm. and then the next segment will follow up on that and I think you said you're quite happy to talk about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's a couple it's, of years old now. It's a couple of years old. I guess this is for someone who's going to be watching the second film. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't even have to watch it. You could just catch up with what's happening on here. So one thing that I don't want to forget to mention is to remind our lovely listeners out there that we are actually on social media and we'd really enjoy some comments questions ideas we're on facebook twitter and instagram excellent at just so jables i do have some feedback from last week actually oh do you yes More feedback yes i've had a little bit of feedback not just from mum not just from mum no and it wouldn't be from dad because and it wouldn't be from dad because he doesn't listen yeah <laughs> obviously we're well, we not to have ice in the future when recording. So, Barney. Oh, I might know said, this Excellent podcast. As an original listener, been with these guys since the very <laughs> beginning, they never fail to make me chuckle. But you need to let your listeners vote every once in a while mm. what you will watch next. As I, for one, would love to hear about Jables being forced to watch Peter Rabbit 2. Yeah, I quite, actually quite like the idea, to be honest. Yeah, I do I too. mean, obviously not now, because it'll basically be, uh, what do you want us to watch, Mum? So, our kid. Yes, Jables. Just watch Quiet Place. Yes. A Quiet Place. I'm, I'm quietly taking it in. Oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've got to be quiet now. Is it too soon? No, I don't think so. <laughs> what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I liked the family. I cared about them quite quickly. You, you were having to go. <laughs> you were having to go at the trailer while the trailer was on. Well, yeah. The tra I mean, the trailer. It was a bit like, really, he's got a toy that makes a noise. Yeah. And then when we watched it, and he had the toy that made the noise, I thought, oh, well, that doesn't really explain. It's still stupid. It's still stupid. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't stupid, but yeah. it makes more sense. Like he's not like he's. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they were like, Happy Christmas! Yeah. Have a, have a spaceship. Mm. But yeah, I liked, um, I liked their setup on there. I mean, it was almost like they had this really idyllic lifestyle. Yeah. If it, <laughs> it was a lovely like... little arrangement, but for the monsters. But for the living, monsters. Living nearby. Yeah. Um, I thought it was different. It was yeah. an unusual film. And what, what did you, what did you Well, think? I mean, that's probably like the third time I've seen it now, mm -hmm. I think. Um, no, I really like it. I think it's really good. I think it's, it's quite slow paced, but I like that because it makes sense with the film. 
it's I'm glad it's it doesn't spoon feed you every single detail of what's happened. If you were go, if you were going to go and see the second film, you'd want to know what happens in the first. I suppose. So they're they're just a normal family, aren't they? Really, um, something's happened. You don't really know what, but some kind of apocalyptic situation yeah. has occurred. And and aliens that seemingly can only, cannot see but react to sound. Yeah. Very highly sensitive to sound. A bit like me. Very very yeah. much like you. Uh, seem to be have wiped out most of the population. Well, a lot of the population. You can see that there's still people about yeah. in pockets, as you saw when they were lighting the fires to see other people. But yeah, it's they're they're obviously very tough. It, it doesn't hint at them. It hints at them being indestructible, but it's more a, a yeah. question mark. I quite like that. I've, I've I've been tempted before to to stop it and read all the um yeah all the that, news that articles. would be kind of a, a sort of wasted Saturday afternoon it would sort of well wasted yeah <laughs> I'm sure there's there's probably people on the internet that have looked into all that and know a lot yeah, more about the film than, than just I just look do. at their blogs maybe mm. rather than doing it all yourself absolutely but you know the the, the story being that there's um the, this event has clearly happened you know it's set after the event um you know what's it 80 days after the event I yeah. think it was uh, so you can clearly see they've started making like originally they've started making adjustments uh, to try and survive yeah and um, yeah but the uh, a tragic event happens with the, the son and the is it what the youngest son gets killed by one of the monsters yeah, and because of a noisy toy because of the noisy toy given by given by the older daughter because older daughters do that kind of thing we do tough. we do it on purpose you do, I know you have done it <laughs> I know that for a fact. No, no, just go and stand over there. Yeah, take just, this. just. Uh, oh, here's the batteries. Don't forget the batteries. Well, I saw I've put the batteries very deliberately on the side. <laughs> the so the daughter's deaf, as you said, and there was another a middle child as well. And uh, it after the after the death of the younger, it kind of skips forward basically a year, isn't mm. it? Um, and we find out that Emily Blunt is pregnant, yeah. and they're making very you know close close to a. Uh, Given, uh, given birth and uh, lots of preparations are being made on that and obviously in a world where sound sensitive monsters are chasing after people screaming baby's not the best so no. you can see you can see that they're making preparations for it yeah and then soundproofing everything and I liked how sort of almost ingenious they were really with all the There's, with all the setup. I like I like yeah I like the way they've set themselves up I also like the way the film is done in certain things that you wouldn't think they kind of cover I guess like later on when he's loading the shotgun and he's in the house and the aliens are the, the, I say aliens I don't know if they're aliens I think they are it's kind of yeah. into that but the monsters are, are in the house as well and it's just that he's loading the shotgun underneath the covers yeah. to do it really quite loads yeah. of little touches like that in the film that that you know lends itself a bit to repeat viewing when you're when you're watching that kind of thing yeah. I always like the fact at the start, when they're walking through the shop, there's loads of bits like it. If you walk through the shop, they're walking through the shop and all the aisles are empty, apart from where all the crisps are. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I was watching thinking, yeah. why is there still stuff on the shelves? Because yeah. that would go straight away. And it's like noisy foods. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, that's, that's, it's, it's really, I just like the attention to detail and stuff. And I think there's a lot of that kind of attention to detail in it as well. It doesn't spoon feed you the story because, you know, it, you know, they're kind of like true to the, everyone's having to be completely silent. 
So any noise is kind of like will attract something straight away. So they can't sit there and kind of like do a whole load of exposition of, um, well, what happened in the past? Was so and so? Do you remember how you know how we got Dad, here? Why are we doing it? Why are we doing exactly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They do it with just like the things that are written on the wall, like there's newspaper articles, but it's not kind of like it's indirect, but it's mm. kind of like like they say there's you know he's got his board and it says like this you know uh, three you know how many what are there kind of thing it's kind of like pan pass and there's like three in the area and you're kind of thinking oh so there's three monsters around then just nice touches like that that like yeah. you know make you think about stuff yeah what did you think then yeah i liked it um not to pick holes in it but i think i would have chosen a different setup like yeah. a farm doesn't seem like a great setting and i had a few questions about they obviously had power from somewhere yeah i i often wondered about the power yeah. And then it started me wondering if I had power, because when they went to the, the, the guy and the little boy go to the river, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we're safe here because there's a lot of sound. Yeah. I was instantly thinking, well, why don't you set up loads of sound on your farm, like have a stereo blasting 24-7 if you've got power, because then you can talk and you can do repairs. And I guess it would, it would, it would destroy the sound, though. It can't destroy the sound of a river and river mm. walking, uh, running. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I just took it to mean that they they'd adapted to living quietly, yeah. so they were able to make that arrangement work. I couldn't work out whether they that farm was actually originally theirs, or whether they'd come to it as a result yeah. of what had happened. Because I often think if there was a, a an apocalyptic event, I'd go and live in a big mansion <laughs> somewhere. The house, the house. I presume, I presume it was theirs because yeah. the child's bedroom was set up upstairs so, in, in, yeah. in the place. So you've got to kind of like presume... I, I, I did wonder that for, for yeah. a while because I thought maybe they were walking towards that at the start and that's where they found. But no, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, she went into the kid's bedroom. Yeah, afterwards. so they just made their own environment yeah. work. And a farm would be a fairly decent place because at least you've got a source of food and stuff. But mm. It's a nice sort of spin on... It's not a zombie film. Yeah. It was, I think, with the use of the use of sound, I think that was really interesting. It, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, I know it sets it apart just by virtue of what it is, but just even thinking to do that in a film, I yeah. think, is really clever and really unusual. Yeah. And so, like using sign language and, and things yeah. like that. Do you think it's, it's a metaphor for something, though? Are they trying to, are they trying to allude to some bigger topic or is it literally just a monsters versus people film i don't know i'm not that i i often get lost on that kind of thing when people say you know things are metaphors for other stuff i i do tend to read a lot too much into films but not necessarily the yeah. right things no i tend to read in the, the content of the film rather yeah. than the uh yeah. yeah i didn't get anything like that no. i don't it's, it felt like quite like an isolated story i was a bit surprised actually when when there was a sequel announced, to be honest, I'm yeah. not. I I like the I'd, I'd like to see where it goes at the end. You know, there's the family, which is John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, um, and John Krasinski basically sacrifices himself to to save save the other two kids. Mm. Um, so he's dead in it, and so I kind of like it. Felt like it was a a standalone story. As I said, seeing the announcement of another one, it was. Kind of double-edged a bit for me. I liked that it was... It seemed like one well-contained, isolated story. I was like, I liked it. I liked what I was doing. And it was kind of, 
you know, they, they worked out a way to kill them, fight back, didn't need to know anymore. But, yeah. you know, now I am interested to see where it goes. And it obviously looks like it has part prequel elements. It looks like it's going to maybe elaborate on the story a bit more or the origins of what's happened. Yeah. Or it could just be their origins yeah. that, that, that it's going to be rather than actually finding out what's happened globally. But... Mm. Well, I suppose in theory they could do loads of these, couldn't they, in the future? And that's what we're yeah. yeah. Quiet Place 7, colon, yeah. shut the f*** <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if I was going to criticise one thing, it was that by the end I, I wasn't very interested in the alien, I think visually, and it felt then that I'd almost seen too much of them. I probably would have liked it if they were a bit more of a, a threat just outside of your vision rather than seeing them. But you don't see that much until know, maybe the last you. 10 minutes. You yeah. don't see much at all. And then but... you get sick of the bloody silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I quite yeah. like the balance of that. Did I like, you? Yeah, I did. I like that you don't you don't see um, a lot, but you know they're... What other, what other films are there like that where you've got them? Well, it wasn't quite the same. There was the, was the Sandra Bullock film, Birdcage, wasn't it? Yeah. That I've was... Seen that. I, I must confess. I did see it on Netflix when it came out. Now, I believe... If they can, they can't see you. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. But you can't see you, if you can't see. You, yeah, something like that, and it, and yeah. it kind of like didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But it was quite a psychological thing. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me a bit of the alien uh, monster from Stranger Things. There's also an episode of Doctor Who with a monster who looks just like that. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I personally think it was quite a good balance. You know, there was a good friend. I think um, I think Emily Blunt's really good in it, and, and John Krasinski as well. I think actually, I think they 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 all act it well. To be honest, it must be really hard to do a a, a film where you're barely talking in. They got a lot across, despite very few words. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, you 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 know, you imagine being that emotional, or, or you know, getting sucked into something when you know you're literally just watching someone acting. It's quite impressive, really, especially mm. like. It's pretty harrowing the whole stepping on a nail while you while you're yeah. giving birth. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You believe what she's going. You do. So you really feel it. Yeah, don't yeah, you? yeah. So, what are your expectations for the second one? You're just hoping that you learn a bit more about what's going on. I don't want all the answers. I think that's what I liked about the first one as well. Is that. You learn what you need to learn for the story. I don't want to suddenly have someone sit down and say, so, the aliens landed and came down to here. I'd almost, I'm actually quite interested to see, as the trailer shows, the prequel episodes. I, I, I wonder if it's going to, kind of like, the, the stories are going to intertwine in terms of, you know, when they mix the narratives of, like, it's not just, like, showing, showing what happens in, in, like, the prequel leading up to it and then showing what happens in... You know the state they are now. I, I, I like to see them kind of like almost running in parallel, and, yeah. and you know, there, there's clearly more to be found out about the family. The you know, the daughter, the kids are all their kids, aren't they? I think so. Because that's one. Well, we don't know for sure, do we? No, no that's, that's what. True, I, actually, yeah. That's what I was not sure about. Is whether mm. you don't actually know. So you know, finding out the story of leading up to it, how it affects the rest of society. What I worry about is you saying about you seeing too much of the monsters now is that they turn it into like a bit of a monster fest. There is zany characters versus the monsters. Yeah. So Ben, I guess there's one question that was on everyone's lips though. What's your favourite car moment in the film? 
Well, this is another, like last week, it's a different one because, they, you know, you can't, can't really be driving around. So obviously there weren't any, there weren't really any cars driving around. There was a stationary truck. Okay, there was. non-stationary. Yes. And I was thinking, well, I'm pretty sure that even on a good day without, you know, aliens, chances of that truck moving when you wanted it to, having parked in a ditch for several months. Yeah. It's pretty slim. It did have a monster jumping up and down on that though, moving it around. Probably just off the brakes. Probably would have. So mm -hmm. your favourite car moment was the only car moment. Yeah. So all in all, good film. Yeah. Looking forward to the next one now. What are you looking, looking forward, forward to? to? I'm looking forward to just just seeing what happens. Really, I was I was interested with the trailer to see how things were before, just so that you kind of get a bit of a sense of yeah, of just just what life was like beforehand. And, really, and it looks like it carries on straight after. Because they seem to be wearing the same clothes. Same clothes and shot the same bandage on the foot. Same bandage on the nail, which was arguably the most horrific part of the film. I'm I'm not completely clear about how the hearing aid affects the aliens. You know, they they're affected by electricity somehow because well, electricity is affected by them. It seems more because when they pop up, that's true. The, the lights go. Yeah. Right. So there is obviously some kind of like that's probably one of the things that I worry about in the in a, a follow up. It's like, you know, they suddenly start weaponizing this, and you think if the if the newspapers, I think I heard you saying when you were trying to be super quiet through the film, whispering, but <laughs> saying about get newspapers yeah, out. Yeah, because printing presses are really loud. They're really loud. But some of the headlines were saying about they're affected by sound and saying the percent. So surely, like, the military or scientists or whoever would have been going, right, oh, okay, we fight them with sound. Surely you, they're that sensitive to sound that they can't mm. ig ignore sound. So you'd use some kind of mm. sonic weapon. And I've just got this worry that there's going to be people running around the streets with, like, sonic cannons or something like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bits like that. But Do you think there's a chance it's going to turn out that they were developed by the military? Oh. Clearly not. No. <laughs> but now. I hadn't thought that, Ben. Yeah. Super soldiers, but gone bad. It's not really super soldiers, wrong. Well, it's an interesting theory, man. We're gonna have a conspiracy theory section. Yeah. I, I, I just hope, like you, that it that it's not gonna be too big. Because what was nice about the first film was that it was quite contained. Yeah. Within a unit that you started to care about. Yeah. So if if there's too many units of people getting together to do too many things, yeah, you lose that sort of connection to it. Yeah, you've suddenly got lots of, like you say, people running around the streets with with sonic cannons. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, that's just an action film. Who cares? I quite like to see Emily Blunt go all Ripley. Full metal bitch. Into tomorrow. She can do all that stuff really well. So yeah, yeah. I really like it. I think she. Really yeah, yeah, I do as well. So, what's your expectation, Ben? Have we said that? I can't. Yeah, same, same worries. I'm just a bit worried that it's going to be. They're going to assemble a troop of zany characters who are going to yeah, go gun-toting around America. I hope oh, they keep that understated. You think they're, um, going to, they're going to aliens it? So do you think this is actually going to follow the aliens? Yeah, so you've got like a self It was a bit Alien 3, wasn't it? When she goes, when she's in the basement with all the water, and with the baby, oh, yeah, yeah. and then the aliens kind of almost by her that's that was a massive image wasn't yeah. it? when alien 3 came out that image with ripley and the alien yeah. right by her oh so there's going to be colonial marines in the next yeah one. yes possibly kyle reese they got a pool so after this then we're going to be go meeting up at the cinema 
Yeah. Tomorrow, this is kind of like some fruity time warp device. Yes. That'll be when you next hear from us. Yeah. Yeah, shut up, Ben. For real this time. So, we've just got back from watching A Quiet Place Part 2. What did you think? There was a lot to like about it. I really liked it. Yeah. Sure, we'll get into that in a minute. Ben, what did you think? Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, just more grinding peril. So you say much I can take, really. In terms of story, I mean, there will be a lot to give away in spoilers, and you know yeah. I like to avoid giving away spoilers. I don't think it's a giveaway. If you've seen the trailer, it follows on directly from the first film, literally directly straight yeah, afterwards. Straight after. But it does uh, give some information, some background story to uh, what happened in the past. Yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there is a flashback. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's, it's the trailer, basically. But it... Yeah. It nicely elaborates on uh, what happened, gives you a bit of information about nature of the threat, and um, uh, also introduces characters. Yeah. Who you will see later on in the story. I quite liked the way it was done. I did too. That, that part. Um, same cast. Everyone seems to be the same. Featuring, obviously, Emily Blunt. Killian Murphy is in it this time. He's one of the int- uh, characters introduced in the flashback, but comes back later on. Going back to what we were saying yesterday, I think it it follows on well. It elaborates on the previous story well and takes it in a different direction to the first film, which is very much a, a kind of a singular film, broadens it out into the wider world, but still felt quite personal, actually, I thought. I thought it was a very satisfying film for me, actually. I was very worried that it would try and... I think we said about it yesterday. We tried to, we tried to do too much. We yeah. tried to do too many things. We tried to go full aliens. And it didn't. No. Definitely had hints of aliens in there. It did have hints of aliens. Yeah. Some some of them felt slightly deliberate, like you said. Yeah. There's a... I won't say character. <laughs> I don't know if you can call them a character. Yeah. But there is someone in it who pops up, who Jables kind of whispered... <laughs> To me, could could be a character from from Aliens. Yeah. But yeah, I think I was worried that it was just gonna the scale was gonna change so much, so that you would be seeing like m- many more people, mm. a lot more of of the world outside, lots of different and, like points of view. Yeah, and you would lose that that personal element of the family. But actually, I don't think you do. And I think that when they sort of separate off a little, which again, I don't think is too much of a spoiler because that kind of felt inevitable. Yeah, yeah. I think it keeps the pace of the different threads of what the different mm. members of the family are doing yeah. really well. I really liked the way it transitioned from like uh, the, the the prequel part to directly into the the you know the the, the new story. Effectively, mm. is what what it was becoming. And I really liked some of the characters were separated almost on their own sort of arcs. And I liked the way that they had the three I'll say three two to three kind of arcs running alongside each other. And the tension was kind of like parallel building up between each of them. I liked the way they handled that. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, as yeah, well. and it, it could have that, that could have been done, you know, in less skilled hands. That could have been a bit hamfisted. Yeah, absolutely. That was managed really well. Came to a big crescendo. Mm-hmm. 
shall we say. Yeah, which and I wasn't expecting. I don't know what I was expecting in terms of how the story would play out. The knowledge that they used worked in a in a clever way. I liked Killian Murphy as an addition to the cast. He was good. I was worried he was going to be like, I don't know, a super unhinged kind yeah, of... Yeah, I was too. I thought he might have been a little bit... Um, Tim like Robbins he, from World he, of Worlds. Yeah. Like he he turn on us suddenly for reasons we you know couldn't mm. understand, but it turned out it was because he was a little bit unhinged. Yeah, but, it's a little bit. But yeah, yeah, but just just the right amount of unhinged. Yeah, I didn't have too many issues with the film. I think there's a lot to be said when you know how I can be watching a film and I can pick holes in it. I think if I'm deeply invested in something, if I'm like really just watching a film and invested in the story. I don't tend to pick holes in it too much and mm. I can just switch off a bit from that. Obviously there was things that people still do stupid things in in, in films that you kind of like wouldn't do but I don't I, I found myself picking up on more of the light-hearted bits than than and it's hard to say that but there wasn't you know it's quite a tense film so there isn't a lot of light-hearted bits but little moments that I was thinking that remind me of other films like we said yeah uh character popping up from aliens uh at, at the start, it reminded me of Shaun the Dead just because it was like uh, everyone's running around screaming. It's like, where do we go? Danu? Pub? Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? <laughs> was that Shaun the Dead or was that Hot Fuzz? I suppose it's uh, <laughs> yeah. a bit of both. But yeah, when they all end up in the pub, that made me chuckle. Yeah, and I do wish they'd just walk on the grass instead of walking on the sandy stuff. Yeah. And... You know, there's that kind of moment, you see it in the trailer where they get to the edge of the sand and you kind of like have that sort of, we're going to be breaking into new territory kind of thing. And they have to start walking on the uh, on the leaves and stuff. I was just like, you're on a path, just walk in the grass next to it. You're not going to yeah. make any sound. It would have been fine. I think I, I do still, st- I mean, I've, I've chosen to ignore it, but there is a, a part of me that that sort of says, why is the sound of them walking? not audible to to the monsters, aliens, whatever you want to call it, if their sound is so sensitive. And I think I said this when when we got to the cinema, I was sort of, we were talking about last night and any sort of fresh thoughts we'd had on the film. And I did reflect on the fact that when they were walking around the farm, when we were watching the first film, they just wander around so freely and the kids just, you know, are wandering through the fields and, and things like that. And, and I don't quite understand why why they're almost so relaxed about small noises or, or just, you know, quiet sounds. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think, not that I need to defend it, but my explanation would be there isn't actually that many of the monsters. Right. So okay. there's quite spread out. Like like you said in the in the first one, there's three in the area. There's the wind through the trees. You know, they can't they can't hear everything because there is always background oh, okay. noise. There's not that many, and so they get attracted by the by the loud noises yeah. that bring them to it. But it's like because we know from the first film that when I keep talking about the the little boy who's got the the noisy mm-hmm. toy, as soon as that makes a sound, they're like, oh my god, because they know that there is going to be something nearby that will quickly pounce on that noise so that it's like they're aware that there's always something around potentially yeah i think they're, they're super quick as well aren't they yeah I suppose. <laughs> when they want yeah. to be yeah but uh <laughs> yeah. which I mean, is always a thick like problem i said I've, I've chosen not to to dwell on that because if, if you pick holes in everything then you're a jerk 
jerk, really, aren't you? Hi. You know, you hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Just So Jane. <laughs> I actually, I, I really like the monster design. Uh, it does, re- it seems almost quite, I don't know, generic. It, I think we said yesterday what it reminds us of. You had a bit of a problem yesterday about it got too monstery near the end of the film. Yeah. And this I think was, did. this was, you know, the monsters feature more heavily they in do. this. We know by the end of the first film just what they look like. That that wasn't such an issue. The, it, with the first film, I liked the suspense of not knowing what the monster looked like. Okay. So when it came to the second film, that that wasn't. I wasn't expecting them to be like, "Oh, let's build up the tension again and, and okay. build up to different types of monsters." Mm. I did. Yeah, I think there was something slightly generic about the monsters, and it was like a cross between the the Cloverfield monster. Mm. The monster from the Doctor Who episode called Hyde, which is the one with the haunted house okay. in, and Venom, and that's Venom. <laughs> Venom, really? You know Venom when he's like, the teeth, yeah, oh, just the, the right. teeth and the okay. tongue and stuff. Yeah. See, I've got the a niche reference one. I can think of maybe one person who'd get. Hi, Barney Hayden. Uh, Total War Warhammer. There's a monster called Mongol Hunters. They crawl along the ground, but they're the same sort of shape. I always get confused because they often kind of crawl the monsters in this, but then they suddenly sort of sprint. So they're almost like pulling themselves along on the front legs more than anything else. So yeah, that reminds reminds me of the the, the mm. Mongols in in that. But I like the design. I think it. I think it didn't really matter too much what the design of the monsters was, as long as they posed a significant threat. Yeah, it's interesting. At the start of this one that the monsters are there straight away on day one, and people have seen them. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting. Because okay. if you go back to the first film, it's almost like, to begin with, they're a bit of a mysterious presence. Mm. It does suffer slightly from the problem that I have with a lot of monster films. And this is probably in like every other horror film or sci-fi film where you've got the big bad, the mon- albeit monster, alien, whatever it is, that's seemingly indestructible for the first half of the film. And then... For some reason, you know, and they're super, super quick and it'll wipe you out super sharp. And then they get a little bit stupid. <laughs> they just yeah. become a bit like yeah. not quite as threatening. Not bad, not, not, not badly so. They were still threatening, but they just kind of like, they lose a bit of that. Oh, I'm trying to think of it. I think I used the example of uh, Battle Los Angeles random yeah. film where, you know, the start of the film, they're these indestructible aliens that take 20 Marines to stand around a swimming pool trying to kill and by the end of the film every you know they're they mowing them down like one-on-one kind of thing it's it's hard to say without like identifying the, the specific scene but it got a little bit rubbish trying to chase chase her down at the end who do you think would like the film i think it's got a broad appeal i mean when we were in the in the cinema it was it was sold out there were a lot of people there and i was having a nosy as everyone was coming in and there was a broad age range. There was. There, there was some, you know, people younger than us, God, God forbid. <laughs> Do they um, exist? Like, yeah, you, yes. your teenagers, right up to sort of an older people. And I thought that was quite nice. So it obviously is is a... I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a franchise, but it's certainly a, a, a sequence that people seem to like and seem to want to see. Yeah. I think Emily Blunt's... You know, she's a well-liked actress, isn't she? I yeah. think people from a broad range like her and will go and see her movies. But I think more than that, I think I think people perhaps like the story. They like the element of family to it. They like the survival without it being too much like 
military bros kind of yeah. thing, which you know you, you get more and more. But the first film kind of like seemed to concentrate very much on the relationship between the father and the daughter, and kind of Emily Blunt almost on the side. Yeah. Whereas this, not on the side, sorry, but like as a, another story, but she was very central to the to the story, and it, and she was really good in the first film, and she's good in this. But I think it's more it's more about the kids. Yeah. Not in, and not in a bad way, not in a <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it becomes a Pete's Dragon. <laughs> in I like a, Pete's Dragon. I know you do, but it's more about kind of their de- development actually. And not com- in a completely cheesy, horrible way. Yeah. And so, you know, she's and I think that's kind of portrayed near the end of the film it's like you can see that she sees their development as well yeah which i really liked yeah i did one thing that always gets me though is in these situations where you're facing up and you're getting super close to something that's lethal and very mysterious scary monster it's like if you cut to real life and dealing with a spider in the bathroom (laughs) i'm more jumpy there's one behind me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there it is. It seems to come out when you're here. I know. For some reason. So I, I get that it's film and it's you know you have to immerse yourself in it. But would that really happen? Could people get that close to something that terrifying if they weren't like military trained? You'd be deeply traumatized. You'd probably be paralysed with fear. Yeah, they seem to be able to get very close with very small, you know. But weapons. that would be a really boring film to watch. I know. Everybody's reality films. Yeah. <laughs> Very short. I've only ever done seen day one, one film, so. and that was, I think it's Friday the 13th, isn't it? When someone actually wets themselves because they're so frightened. Oh, I've seen it in a couple of films. I Have can't you? think of what they are now, yeah. but yeah. You don't generally see rich, true fear responses in films, do you? Or, or you've never watched the films? There's an Emily Blunt moment that's that, that's like that, where she's very up close with the monsters. It's almost like they're trying to portray, you know, that she's going to do this because she's got to get back to help the, the baby. I was actually going to say that there were some quite good jump scares in it because I I jumped a few times. But I think what you often find in in scary films is that there'll be a jump scare because someone knocks something over and you're like, "Oh, oh, well, that's all it was. Someone just knocked something off a table. But when something does that in a quiet place you know that that noise actually yeah. has consequences yeah. so it is actually a lot that's more true. frightening than just oh phew okay yeah yeah, yeah no that's so, interesting yeah. actually there was only yeah there was a few more jump scares i didn't like all of them didn't you no because i get a bit fed up with the whole you have the, the quiet quiet bang thing in in horror films mm. where it's like quiet quiet you know and there's a bang and it's supposed to like relieve tension you get some of some horror films that are very generic that just use that constantly and i don't like it and this didn't do that in the first one and because, like you said, it was very much when there was a noise, you knew there was trouble. There was a couple of times in this where the birds flying out yeah. made you jump, but it was kind of... That That to me was just like uh, generic, yeah, generic horror, horror scare. And I was like, I hope they don't keep doing these. And yeah. there was another one, I can't remember what it was. There but... was one when the boy knocked table over but that's but um, that but, makes sense but that yeah. that led into the into the story that's in that those parallel moments where they were all suddenly facing these jeopardies on i like that i like i like it when it's when it means something as you say yeah you can ask ben his important question, the most right? important question of the yeah. of the film what's your favorite car moment i mean obviously it's the volvo moment isn't it really yeah i didn't even spot the volvo well volvo on day one Ah, okay. She's oh, driving she's a Volvo. Driving a Volvo. Yeah, 240 Burgundy 
Yeah, I have a bit. See, I had a bit of an issue with that. Is is people getting into cars, driving along, and then throwing it into reverse and like going as quickly as something that's flying towards them? That's, that's bigger and carrying more momentum. Bigger and yeah. yeah, going a lot faster. I must admit, I'm not a fan of that. But you know, what was the car at the end? I have no idea. Did you not? 70s American cars. It wasn't, wasn't a Charger, was it? I don't think don't it was. No, it was quite nice. Ben's car. I was trying to escape from a slashy monster in a convertible. Yeah, not. <laughs> no. Anything else to add, Ben? Our kid? No, I don't think so. Just, I, I will. I'm going to watch them both again, probably back to back. I think I'll probably do the same. I think. I don't know if there's as many kind of like nice touches in this film mm. that they had in, I think we mentioned yesterday, with the crisps and the. But then you've only watched it once. But I've only watched it once, so that's exactly what I was going to say. So I'd I'd be interested to have a look around the environment. There was a couple of things that I was, again, like we said, you're not being spoon-fed stuff all the way through, like we said. So they weren't doing that in this film either. So there was a couple of kind of like seeing the outside world moments when they're walking through the train station and there's just like a load of shoes on the platform. And I was just a bit like, I just had that kind of, it's those sorts of, oh, I wonder what happened there. And I don't know why, I was just like, hmm, shoe salesman. Yeah. <laughs> just like I random. Like, I wonder I, if there's a pair of those. I know. And, <laughs> and it's just little things like that. And did she have a tennis racket on her backpack? Yeah, no, or, like that or lacrosse. I didn't, like, of thing. Yeah. it was just a random thing to want to carry around. Was it yeah. a fishing net or something? I just, Maybe. I'd never seen that the whole time. And I was just like, why have you got a tennis yeah. racket on the back? Anyway. Ben? Nothing to add at this point. <laughs> Nothing to add at this juncture. Well then, Ben, on to trailers. There was a couple of trailers. Well, I, I, I can, I can yeah. tell you what the trailers were, Ben. Go on. We had another. We, we saw again the Black Widow trailer. It was the same we one. Need to revisit. That. We don't need to, oh, but yeah. I think we we did both say we were watching it. I really like the music on the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, it's just that I didn't notice it before. If yeah. it was new music, but no, it's, yeah, the, it's the same music. That. So we've got Fast Nine, Fast and Furious Nine. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm not interested. I didn't. I, no, I've never, never got into the Fast and Furious films. I know there's a big market for. I it. will, I will watch them if they're on. You know, if Ben puts one on, I'll sit and watch it with you him. You've probably seen. I don't, I don't think I've ever put one on. Haven't you? No, oh, but it's got, it's got the stage though. Convoluted. I've watched the ones with with Dwayne Johnson in. I get tired of Vin Diesel saying family. I don't have friends. I got family. You know, if I watch them. It's fine, I, I enjoy it, but I don't seek it out. And it looks like there'll be a triple truck flip. Say that fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, not, I'm not a big fan of the improbable stunt. Yeah, there was one in the last one I watched when they yeah. like drove one car from one skyscraper into another skyscraper or something. Yeah. You think, that's way beyond jumping the shark, but who cares? Yeah, I'd much rather see a realistic chase through an actual town than Diesel driving a Volvo 240. <laughs> Yeah. Against someone else in a Volvo 260, which you know is clearly more powerful. Yeah. So there's a bit of tension there. <laughs> a lot of tension. <laughs> uh, and Freaky. You were chuckling away doing that film. I was laughing. I know that film should never have got past the concept conversation. Yeah. But- Vince Vaughn body swapping yeah. with a teenage Girl. Girl, Vince Vaughn as a serial, as a serial killer. killer. I mean, it's it's called Freaky, so that's obviously a play on yeah. Freaky Friday. Yeah. There are a couple of bits where I did laugh, and you kind of went, "I like grown men being in the body <laughs> or having like." 
being a teenage girl. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, I really like Jumanji, Jack Black, as a teenage yeah. girl. And I know I shouldn't, but it just really cracks me up. Oh, he, but he's... So Vince Vaughn, as a teenage girl, kind of made me laugh as could well. Could be funny. Yeah. The thing that I hold out hope for, have you seen Happy Death Day? No. It was so, the, the site says, the, for the people who brought you Happy Death Day. It's actually a really good film. Right, So okay. Happy Death Day, it's, it's a bit, it's basically Groundhog Day, about high school well, high school college college girl who's um she gets murdered and then she comes back to the start of the day in a groundhog day style then she gets killed again and has to work out who's killing her to try and stop herself from dying and it actually works and it's actually quite it's funny but also it's just a cool film i quite like you know a groundhog day style yeah, film but it, it was well done and it was it was smart and it was funny and yeah same style and they've done a second they've done a sequel which kind of like made you worried but it had a nice sort of it had a nice twist to it it was like the style of the second one yeah made made it a bit different it went like off on a tangent and you're like what the hell are you doing but it actually kind of works in the same kind of environment so that's the only thing i you know i'm not going to watch in the cinema but it's probably something if it came on yeah free at home then i'd probably sit and watch it and if it's rubbish after half an hour probably yeah knowing me keep watching the rest of the way rest of the film (laughs) because i'm done like that but yeah. We also, I know this is slightly off on a tangent, we watched the trailer yesterday for the new June film. Come ben, on, I'm man. looking at you specifically <laughs> because June was your first love. So. Still it's an only love. So I was going to say, yeah. get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued to see it. Of course I will see it. But I'm a little bit worried that they haven't gone far enough with it in that it has elements stylistically of the what is it 1984 film mm. david lynch film I, I was hoping they'd go a bit different with it a bit maybe futuristic or a bit edgier or something but it just feels kind of similar ish you're hoping they were going to elaborate on more of the story like the the sequel books and the, the... no not that it's more just the cinematography okay it just feels like a slightly different version of the 1984 film but not as good obviously because <laughs> what is with a bunch of actors in that I don't think they are because I'm old. I think it looks quite good. I quite like the scale of the scale of it. I'm hoping they're not giving too much away in the trailer. I quite like the scale when you see large groups of troops because I always that's one of my issues with the original Dune film and it's probably budgetary and you know it was over time. I really like it the same as you, but it also seems very small in scale. You know, they're, they're supposed to be like big, you know, transferring the whole planet to another planet. And, you know, basically you see about 50 people in total in the whole film. Whereas you see like large groups of troops and I don't need to see like huge like field battles and stuff like that. But I like that look of it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, Ben, what's on next week? Nothing too much dissimilar to last week. Okay. Um, but I can offer you Dream Horse. What is Dream Horse? Tell us more. Dream Horse is uh, the story of an unlikely racehorse trainer who I think defies the odds to train a racehorse on, you know, very little resources or something along those lines. Okay. So it's a bit like Seabiscuit. Yeah. Apparently based on a true story. What, Um, (laughs) Seabiscuit? That's good. Yeah. That, otherwise I've got, you know, well, we've got The Conjuring again, we've got Spiral. The I mean, we've got Cruella. I'm, I'm holding my hand up. Can we watch Conjuring 3 now? We yeah, can. we Thank can. Thank you. 
So yeah, I think we're agreeing conjuring then, okay. aren't we? Excellent. Is that all right with you as yeah. well? Conjuring colon, I'm into conjuring it. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Conjuring colon, I'm into it. I'm just worried that I'm going to poop it in my pants. Because <laughs> it is going to be scary. It's going to be scary. <laughs> I can't even remember much about the original film so maybe i might i might have another look at that oh you're gonna poop in a pen i know probably but i haven't seen any of the in-between ones i've only seen the first one how so. many older is this number three or four this is the third conjuring film yeah, but it's like some it's about between. the seventh film in the conjuring universe conjuring something conjuring like universe, that because there was annabelle annabelle which I, I wouldn't have watched because i don't really like things about dolls yeah very much um the nun the nun there's, there's, there's a a two or three Annabelle films. Didn't Mark Kermode do a really funny impression, like, review of that? It was like, Crash by Nun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quiet, quiet Nun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think there's, is there two or three Annabelle films? Who's Annabelle? Annabelle's doll. Little doll. Yeah, I don't really like evil dolls. Poltergeist. Yeah, that's probably what Clowns. Yeah. Yeah. That's another horror film that I watched when I was far too young yeah Poltergeist but, yeah. but that's always one that I have I think I, I think I'm right in saying that when when it came out it was either a U or a PG yeah when it first came out it's probably a PG and and you know there's moments in that that are like properly scary Horrifying. proper yeah. horror you know and there's some body horror bits in there yeah. like the you know really the, 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 the in the bathroom yeah. that, like the maggots and the meat and starts pulling his own face and I'm just like how do you get away with that how? Yeah. it must have did it get missed by the sensors or something I don't know if it would be a 12 now it would probably just be a 15. be a 15 I don't know though I found that like the, the pulling his face off and the clown less scary but there's a bit when she turns around and all the chairs are piled on the table yeah and I was really scared yeah. by that but I don't even remember that from when I was a kid I do. when we watched it so yeah yeah that used to freak me out as a yeah. kid it's well, now in your own house in real life Bit back to the spider thing again. <laughs> Still there. If a cupboard door's slightly ajar in the morning, then you know you shut it the night before. The whole day's ruined. <laughs> Definitely. So, Conjuring 3 next week then? Yes. Yes, you seem excited now. What was it? What's the follow-up? The Devil Made Me Do It. The Devil Made Me Do It. Colon. The Devil Made Me Do It. So, if you want to get in touch with the show, hit us up on... Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. At Just So Jangles. All of them are the same. All no, of them are the same. No LinkedIn. Not yet. Oh. We'll see. We'll see how things develop. Oh. So it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. And that's a wrap. <laughs> yo, yo. You did the hand signal and everything. I did. Just So Jables. <laughs>